Welcome to Greenwood on Deck with your host, Clay Sprouse. We are meeting our talented residents who are shaping the social and cultural landscape of Greenwood, South Carolina. Greenwood on Deck is a production of CES and presented by Anchor. Welcome in to another episode of the Greenwood On Deck podcast. Uh, surprisingly enough, it is the first one of 2021. It's taken me a while to get back around to it, and I am super excited to be joined today by Billy Bear. Well, uh, welcome into the podcast. Thank you, Clay. Um, so let's 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 go ahead and get a little bit on the table about you. So you are the broker in charge for Berkshire Hathaway. How long have you been in this position here? We became Cambridge Realty in 2003. I opened up my own brokerage in 2003. And so we've been here at 1717 Bypass 72 since 2004. Okay. So which was approximately, I guess, about four, 17 years. So after a year of being here, we became Prudential. And then after 10 years of being Prudential Cambridge Realty, a gentleman by the name of Warren Buffett with Berkshire Hathaway yeah. bought out the Prudential arm of real estate. They maintained their investment in insurance, but sold the real estate arm to Berkshire Hathaway. So since October of 2014, we've been operating under Berkshire Hathaway's name. Um, so, so that people know where your office is located, we are located, in, and I am interviewing you here from your office in this beautiful conference room. Um, we're right next to the old Pizza Inn. That's correct. Um, what's going up at Pizza Inn again? You know, there is going to be a Beyond Daiquiris. So, is this uh, is this a strictly drinking joint? I think it's light foods and a lot of drinks. Okay. <laughs> Because Greenwood needs more alcohol. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, I, I guess when I heard the name first, Beyond Daiquiri, and I couldn't remember it until you told me, but um, it, it made me think of some of these frozen daiquiri places like at the beach or something that you right. go in, pull up to a yeah, bar stool, yeah, and they got yeah. a bunch of different things spinning. Well, I think these are going to be like smoothies, except with some spirit in it. Okay, yeah. right, with a little kick to it, <laughs> a little kick to it. Um, you know, you were talking about the changing of hands as far as real estate, the real estate office is concerned, and, and the, the evolution to where you got to with Berkshire Hathaway. Is, is that common in real estate, that the that the places will just kind of switch names at that point? Not really. Normally, okay. a real estate company, and we were an independent, we were Cambridge Realty for probably about, about two years before we became uh, Prudential. So we just saw it as an opportunity to grow our company and to be more competitive in the Greenwood area. 
because at the time there was Century 21, there was Remax, there was Caldwell Banker. So we felt like to be competitive in the Greenwood market that we needed to go franchise, and we and we did in January of 2005. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I did want to go ahead and, and introduce Lynn Young, um, who is, this is the first time I've ever had two people on the same podcast. And Lynn, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I prepared more for Billy's side of things, but I'm certainly glad that you're joining us, and I look forward to talking to you about Toastmasters here in a little bit. Um, so, Billy, back to you. Um, so, you're an alum of Greenwood High School. Yes. You played football? I did. Uh, what? And uh, I, I, I hate to ask this. What year? Well. <laughs> but I have to ask. We right. have to ask. I, was, I happen to have been very fortunate to be on the state championship team of 1968. Okay. And I graduated in 1972. So, my last year of playing was actually 1971. Under the legendary Coach Bab, I assume. Pinky Bab, yes, uh, sir. And I, I assume this was one of the greatest memories of your life being on on those teams. Well, there's a lot of memories. There, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of stories to be. I've told. heard some of the stories. Yeah, a lot of stories. This this is back in the day when uh, there weren't any kind of regulations as far as how you practiced and things like that. And so you guys were really made to be tough as nails. Right. You were lucky if you got one cup of water by the end of practice. Uh, today, if a kid says. I need a drink of water. They let him pull from the team and go get them a drink of water sure. or Gatorade and, and then come back. So a lot of things have changed, some of those for the better. Yeah. And um, obviously we see that Greenwood football is starting to uh, starting to make a comeback here. Uh, yes. Had a good win last weekend. Um, also, I think, I think that Emerald High School is heading in a good direction as far as football. We got two new football coaches. I'm really excited mm -hmm. about that. Um, you got your Bachelor of Science in Business from Lander University. I did. And um, you, it, your bio says that you started your career in textiles and windows. What made the transition to real estate? Well, it was actually a situation where when I was in the window business with Velux, there was a lot of stress going on at that time with, with product changes, uh, growth, and I was just at a point in my life where I just felt like I hit the wall and I needed to change. It was a situation where when I was in the plant, I was in the plant. When I was sleeping, I was in the plant. And when I wasn't in the plant, I was in the plant. So I couldn't, I couldn't disconnect myself because of all that was going on. And, and Clay, it was a situation where I prayed. Every morning on the way to work, I was heading east and I'd see that beautiful orange sun as it would come up behind the clouds. and and I just said, Lord, I need a change in my life. And the Lord spoke to me August the 14th of 1996. And then I started real estate in February of 1997. So from, from August to January, <clears throat> excuse me, it was one of those situations where the Lord speaks to you and you kind of like, Okay, you must be speaking to someone else, Lord. I'm too busy right now. Can you call me later on? I'm picking up the wrong frequency. <laughs> the lines are crossed. <laughs> so uh, so the, the Lord spoke to me, and I shared with, we were just dating at the time, but my wife now, Cheryl, and it was, I, I was so busy. I had so much going on. So the Lord put on my heart, said real estate, which was probably the last thing as far as I would have picked 
for myself because being in textiles, I figured, you know, I would follow a different direction or stay in some type of manufacturing. But to go into real estate was something only the Lord knew that's where I needed to be. Sure. So I was given a severance package in January. Actually, it was in November of 1996. <clears throat> Took a couple weeks off, sent a resume to, to Fuji Plants and another one to Sarah Lee. Never heard from either either company. So I gave it two weeks and I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to pursue what you put on my heart. So I... I talked to a couple friends that were in real estate and said, this is where you need to go to school. This is what you need to do. And started, started my career with Citizens Trust at the time. That was February of 1997. I received my last severance pay in February, had my first real estate closing in March. And Clay, I never looked back. And, and the transition and, and I, just seemed to go the seamlessly. transition, five years later, I, I, was, I was opening my own company here in Greenwood. I think, you know, a lot of times people talk about leaps of faith and it's, it's nice to hear stories and, and maybe maybe your story will touch someone out there. You know, we know that Fuji is, is, is really kind of, they're transitioning into a closing phase and maybe some people out there kind of are getting the same kind of feeling. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's nice. I think it's nice to, to kind of share your story. And of course, obviously, uh, 2013, you became the Chambers Small Person Business Man of the Year, yeah. which I'm sure was a great honor. Uh, kind of, kind of feels like your work, you know, paying off. Mm -hmm. um, you got five sons. I do. Five grandchildren, or do you, are there more? Nine, is the bio? Is the bio? Nine, there's, there's nine, nine now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't. I didn't know if that had been <laughs> updated or not. Um, so I'm sure that you feel blessed after all these years, and um, obviously we've got some great things to talk about as far as what you are doing with Toastmasters. Yeah. Um, let me let me talk to Lynn for a second, and um, if we'll just move the mic over a little bit. Lynn, uh, certainly nice to meet you. Nice I see the you. logo on your shirt. So we're Young's Concrete, and so I'm familiar with your business for sure. Um, just give me a little background on yourself. Um, are, are from Greenwood? I actually went to school in 96. Okay, so 96. Greenwood County, yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. So you're a wildcat. <laughs> what year did you what year did you graduate? Eighty one. Nineteen eighty one. What um what led you to be an entrepreneur? Obviously Young's Concrete a name a lot of folks know around here, so you've been around for a long time, I know. Um so what what led you to be an entrepreneur? And that's a great question. I get that question a lot. My granddad owned his own business. My dad was self employed. I guess it's just in my blood. It takes somebody like Billy Bear and myself. It, it just takes somebody. It's just, it's different. We have to think different. And because if we don't work, we don't eat. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, we're thinking different. We're working different. We work when someone's still in bed, we're at work. When someone's at home, we're still at work. That's how it all started. If you're going to build, you, you got to put the time in. Yeah. Uh, 34 years later, I delegate more. I, I real, I'm in the phase of pouring into young people right now that want to learn concrete because construction is a dying field. It can be profitable for someone who wants to learn it. 
Is it construction that's a dying field, or is it hard labor that is? Well, a dying? <laughs> from what I, concrete, I will say this. Right, is a dying field. But what I hear, the trade, someone that wants to learn a, a trade, a skill. And someone, this is advice my dad gave me when I was 17 years old. And we were talking about, son, what do you want to do when you grow up? You know, what do you want to do? So we, you know, had that conversation. And he said, son, if you learn a trade and you really be the best at it, you can provide for your family. Sure. And I really took that at heart. So at 25, I stepped out just like Billy on faith. I worked for someone for four years. And a lot of people had asked me to do work for them, but a conflict of interest, and out of respect of who I worked for, I declined. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to go to school. So I'm kind of a late bloomer. I didn't go to school when I graduated high school, so I went to work. But I always had that desire. Sure. So I'm kind of a late bloomer. I joined the military, and I found a way to get school paid for with a combination of the GI Bill and me working, I went to school. I went to Lander. Now, I'm still on a leave of absence because my business grew so much, but I started my business <laughs> while I was at Lander. Right. My advisor, Dr. Redison, she advised me to go for it. It was a once-in-a-life opportunity, and I did, and I, did, I hadn't looked back. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can't, can't have regrets. I. While you were talking, it, it, it raised an interesting question with me. So for someone who owns their own business, um, and you said you've been doing it for 34 years. Yes. What does retirement look like? Like, is, 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 there, is there a goal already in mind? Do you have a number you've already set? Or is it something that I know I've got to obtain something financially or personally, but I'm not sure when that's coming? Does that, does that question make sense? I get and I get that question actually a lot now. I'm 59 years old. And that's something I have to think about. I never see myself totally retiring. Because I love what I do. Now, sure, I have to prepare for retirement. So I've invested in real estate. And Billy's assisted with that. And it's passive income. So I've, I've been doing real estate on the side. For, uh, Seth was 20, he's 22 now, so he's three. So about 19 years. Sure. I really don't advertise that. I love my tenants. I treat them just like customers. And that is my retirement. Now I'm slowly building that. Yeah. So it's passive income. As an entrepreneur, I have to think a little bit different. And I do some other things, but that is my main retirement right now. And I love it. Well, I find it fascinating because it's like you said, I think entrepreneurs have to think outside the box. They have yeah. to just completely think differently. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned your son, Seth, and, and Billy and I were talking about Seth before you came in. I've actually met Seth a couple times. He was he was actually uh, uh, the photographer when we did the uh, Greenwood Groovin over at Lander last August with all the bands and stuff. So uh, Seth and I have crossed paths a couple yeah. times. But how many kids you got? We have, I have Seth. Okay. Seth and Isabella. Okay. Isabella is 17. 17. Going oh, on. boy. Yeah. <laughs> She's my baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you got you got an older son and a younger daughter, kind of like me, uh, but my kids are much younger, and I'd, I'm not having to face uh, many of the issues 
that probably you have have to face or have been facing. Um, so uh, let's let's shift back to Billy for a minute, and um, and I wanted to talk to you for a little bit about the real estate market right now okay. uh, before we get into Toastmasters because I thought that this would be a topic that would interest some of our listeners. So at the end of the day. Uh, it's it's tough to find a house in Greenwood, or or if if you do find a, a house in Greenwood, it is expensive. But I don't think that this is just Greenwood. I, I think this is a this is a universal issue going on. So, can you summarize real quickly what is going on in the real estate market, and is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, Clay, what actually transpired? <clears throat> if we look back to that last quarter of 2008, the economy was beginning to really fall. And it, it, it got propped up just to be able to keep it going through 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13. Well, during that period of time, there was very little building that was going on. So a lot of people were looking at where their window was. Was it a two-year window, a one-year window, a five-year window? So there were a lot of people that were in the wanted to get into housing. We began to see the economy gradually come back and get on solid foundation in the Greenwood area, Greenville, Spartanburg, Charleston, Charlotte. So as the economy began to grow, then some housing. So within the last two, two and a half years, we saw the interest rates continue to go down and I've seen rates as low as two and two and a half percent. Yeah. So those people that have been sitting on the sideline saying, I think I'm ready now. I feel good about my job. I can look out at least a two year window and say, I'm tired of renting. I'm ready to own my own house. So with the economy boosting and then rates going down, it was the, it was the perfect scenario of, of ownership. So, we saw what we're experiencing in Greenwood now, the multi-offers on houses, and we're seeing houses that go on the market for a certain price that are actually being sold five, 10, 15, 25, and even $30,000 more than list price because good location and good condition yeah. has, has been a driving force not all houses are going to sell that fast, but those that are in good locations and good conditions, those houses are, are premium targets for the buyers. And the thing is, since, since the fall of, of 2009, the buyer's credit score has to be at least 640. So the buyers are, are they're better, they are good jobs, good histories, and these are the buyers today versus the buyers we saw back in five, six, seven, and eight is, is totally different. These buyers have great jobs, good credit scores, and, and they have waited. Now they're in the market. So that, that has, that has kind of saturated the, what we call the supply and demand. Yeah. Demand is so high and the supply is, is low. low. And we have two really good builders in the Greenwood area. Actually we have three and, and they're making up some of the lost time but still, we're, we're still, for every house that goes on the market, there's probably at least five buyers that, that are looking for a particular home like that. So now, as you go It's a up, seller's market. It's definitely a seller's market because from 2009 to almost 2015, it was a buyer's market. 
And Lynn, you know, that was about the time Lynn and his brother decided to get into real estate. It was it was prime time because there were foreclosures everywhere. Yeah. And it's almost impossible right now to find a house, any house on the market right now for less than $50,000. So those houses that were selling for $50,000, we're sending those houses now for a hundred and a hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and it just it just it just blows your mind that 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 things have grown that fast. But again, we saw we saw what was going on in Greenville two and a half years ago. It is it has now arrived in Greenwood, and we this started probably the first part of of well the latter part of 2019. So 2020, if somebody would have said we're dealing with COVID and you're going to experience the best housing market that you've seen in the last 15 years, I would have, I mean, there's no way I would have ever believed it, but, but it's happened and it's been a wonderful ride. And city council, county council, they're putting a lot of focus on getting housing put up. I, I, and, and I'm, I know I'm probably asking for some sort of arbitrary number out there, but how many, how, you know, in the next five years, how many houses do you think can be added to the Greenwood market realistically? Do you have, do you have a number in mind? Hundreds. 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 There is on in the the residential. There is there's there's not even a, a two week inventory mm-hmm. on condos where just a couple of years ago we had ten to twelve months inventory. That inventory is down to like one or two. Wow. And so again, for every house that goes on the market, and I was working with the buyer first part of the week. This property went on the market in the Hodges area. And I was very fortunate that we were there at 5.30 and there was two other buyers that were ready to come in. They, they were lined up on the road, ready to get in. <laughs> and, and we had to offer, we had to offer $5,000 more with no closing costs to be able to even compete with the other offers that had come in. Wow. Fortunately, my buyer was able to secure that, that property. Wow. And, and, and I guess if you're selling, you know, I, I know, I know that my, I know that my house is worth probably now way more than what I paid for it mm-hmm. or, or I could get, let me say that I could get way more than what it's worth. But at the same time, I'd have to flip around and be ready to pay a hefty amount to get a house. So it is, right. it is seller beware to an extent, unless, you know, you've, yeah. you've got you a solid if plan. A plan. If you don't have a plan B, yeah, you, you need to figure that out before you decide you tell someone Oh, I think I'm fixing to sell my house because just a small whisper can all of a sudden, oh, I understand you're wanting to sell your house. Uh, well, no, not really, you know, but at the right price. And, and that's what we're seeing. Sure. Give me your price. And when you put a price out there and say, Mr. And Mrs. Buyer, they want to sell their house at, for this price. Are you okay with it? Yes. Let's yeah. go. So that, that's what we're seeing. Well, Billy, I appreciate the information on uh, the real estate. I thought it would just be something interesting to touch on. Let's let's talk about, let's get into Toastmasters, uh, the reason that you wanted to do the podcast. And, and I think that what I'm reading uh, about Toastmasters, uh, there's a very good reason to sit here and have a conversation about it. So uh, for our listeners, Toastmasters International is a nonprofit educational organization that teaches public speaking and leadership skills through a worldwide network of clubs. 
It was. It is headquartered in Inglewood, Colorado. Uh, membership in the organization exceeds 300,000 in more than 15,000 clubs in 149 countries. So this is a very large organization if you have not heard of it before. Uh, since 1924, uh, Toastmasters has helped people from diverse backgrounds become more confident speakers, communicators, and leaders. Uh, it was what I understand it was originated out of the YMCA in the early 1900s. And the, the chapter here in Greenwood is based out of South Main Baptist. That's Does that sound about right? Yeah. <laughs> sounds, yeah. Sounds right on. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's just get into it. I mean, what, what would you all like to share about what you all do at Toastmasters? Is it Toastmasters of Greenwood? Is, it, is there a, is is there the greater, a formal? Is, it, the, the club was formed in 1993. So we're in our 28th year of being in, in Toastmasters. So there's there's been a group that has started and has continued. Now we've changed location several times. And when COVID hit, we were meeting at the Main Street Methodist Church in town. And when they closed their doors, we had no place to go. So for several months, we did Zoom meetings and that worked out, you know, we, we did okay, but we just felt like the, the human element part was missing. So we always had a plan B because there would be occasions where something was going on at the church and we weren't notified and we couldn't use the facility in the auditorium where there at the church. So we had contacted Howard Corley and we would meet at Howard's on Main. So when COVID hit, we got together as a, as a group of officers and we discussed the possibility of us meeting together. So I went to Howard Corley and say, Howard, You've got an area back here where you have uh, bands and entertainment and all. I don't like to use the word bar, but that's what it is. It was a bar. Sure. And, but there was no one in there, and he was kind enough to open up that facility at 6.30 in the morning and let us have our meetings. And we probably met there for, how long, Lynn, almost a year? Yeah, I'd say almost a year. And then the opportunity came at the South Main where the old YMCA and we were, we were able to secure a wonderful room facility there at the YMCA, and, and that's where we've been now for probably the last four or five months. Um, how many members of the Greenwood Club? Well, right now we're probably, we're, our, 12. we're 12 members right now. Our goal is to be at 20. That, that's where we would like to be to, to, to reach a level you are, um, our goal is always to be at president's level. President, you've got, what's the first one? It's uh, distinguished. distinguished, select, and then presidents. And for several years, we were, we were at that level. We were maintaining a membership of 20 plus. So we'd have people that would come in. The Toastmasters would help them reach their goals. They would leave. But in the process, there would be other people that would come in and fill those slots. So... As, as time went on, and of course, as we were battling the COVID, we really saw our numbers go down. So we've really had to use our imagination, but we felt like if we could be safe, and only those that were healthy safe, we wore masks when we came to our meetings, and we just kind of transitioned and stayed the course. And now we're in a great facility at, at South Main, 
the OYMCA, and, and we're growing now. Matter of fact, I got an application this morning for three new members. So Great. we're hoping now that we can get ourselves back to where we were three, four, five years ago. Uh, what is a Lynn? I don't know. I don't know if you want to jump in on this one. What What is a What does a typical meeting look like as far as Toastmasters is concerned? A typical meeting. The president opens up, and if you've ever gone to an event, the event has has a MC. Someone that kind of runs the show. So I and and I don't mean to stop you, but I guess that was that just popped in my head. So Toastmasters is, is the name, kind of like mastering the skill that you would have the confidence to get up in front of people and and That's, give a toast, or, yeah, or something could, to that event. <laughs> Everybody has a different why they're in Toastmasters. Okay. We did have someone to join just because he had to give a toast at a, at a wedding, at his okay. son's wedding. Mm -hmm. So he joined for a short period of time to have that confidence. Sure. We have, well, let me get back to the meeting. A typical meeting, a Toastmaster of the day serves as an MC, Keeps everything running smoothly. He, ta or that person tags team with the call a general evaluator. You ever been to a movie with your wife and after the movie, y'all kind of did an evaluation? Sure. Well, that's yeah. what this general evaluator did. They evaluate the whole meeting. How they focus on the things we did great. Well, these are some things we need to work on. So that's what that general evaluator does. Evaluates the whole meeting. So when we say evaluate, okay. um, are, are we talking about structure of the meeting are we talking about simply uh speaking abilities I, are there I, I guess there's different points that the evaluator is hitting uh is is, is toastmasters like as structured as as robert's rules or, or is it well robert's rule is actually what we go by okay robert's rule it's a little book sure you're familiar with it how to conduct the meeting how to conduct a, a board meeting how to conduct yourself in certain situations. And that's what our guideline is, Robert's Rule. Okay. Now, when you give an evaluation, it's your opinion based on some experience now. Like Billy, Billy's been in 20 something years, correct? Correct. I've been in 12 years. So we got some experience under our belt. So before you are a Toastmaster today serves as the MC or a general value. You've got to have a little experience under your belt. So, and there's different roles. Like for instance, I'm going to ask you to next time you listen to a politician speak, get out a piece of paper and count the alls, <laughs> count the double clutches. That's what we do in our meeting. We actually have a specific person. Actually, it was Billy's time. Just. Mm -hmm. morning they count people's alls their filler words double clutches what it does our mind stops just for a minute and and it gives us a filler word it takes practice so a report is giving on anybody who spoke in our meeting there is a report given at the end of the meeting. So essentially you have someone in the club that could possibly be grading my performance today. Absolutely. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. That is correct. Because I'm telling you, I, I, I'll listen back. I hear Oz. Yeah. 
I hear the little, you know, my mind starts to, to work and, and I'm trying to figure out how to get the question out. And I actually do this a lot in, in the school board meetings. Yeah. I, I know what my thought is, but how to convey it out. Yeah. Um, and it's not, you know, and, and I think that this would be encouraging to anyone who would want to participate in Toastmasters. It's not a lack of intelligence. That's right. it, yeah. it, is, it is just um, trying to figure out the best path from point A to point B to get your, get your message across. That's right. And um, sometimes uh, we need practice in skills of, you know, and I try to tell myself this sometimes, Clay, just pause for a second before you even raise your hand or anything, right. pause for a second and go, okay, what is the thought that you're trying to That's get across? Right. Um, and I would, you know, I, I think I think that I'm pretty good at it, but I know I could always be better. Yeah. Go ahead. You wanted to say Clay, something. Lynn is going to share with you the takeaway, the most important thing, but probably the least appreciated about communication. And Lynn, what is it, the takeaway in Toastmasters, that is so important that everybody wants to talk, but nobody wants to listen. Listen. Yeah. That's one thing I can say. I listen to my customers better. I listen to my wife better. I listen to my children. It's a, a skill that has to be learned. You have to practice more. And that's one thing I can take away. Toastmaster has given me better listening skills. And, and when I'm listening in Toastmasters, because Billy and I, we do, we do a lot of evaluations for someone that speaks. We want to empower that person. So we have to listen, give them feedback when they did great. The next time you give this speech, this is what I recommend. Try to take this out maybe or add this. So to be a better listener, that's one thing I get out of Toastmasters. Because communication, you've got to be a great listener. Now, Clay, would you say your Uncle Jerry is a good listener or a good talker? We are not going to comment on that on this podcast. I'm not going to put anything on record. Uh, <laughs> I think we both know the but, answer but to that. I, I, well, let me let me answer it this way. Yeah. All right. Um, we're Sprouses. Okay. <laughs> that's just that's and 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 that goes for me. That goes for my father. Yeah. That goes for my son. We're we're loud. Uh, <laughs> we're we're very good at talking, and uh, we could always use a little bit better uh, uh, or more practice at listening. Mm -hmm. And I, and it's certainly a skill. And you know what hit home with me, Lynn was when you said about your kids. Yeah. And and I know I know in a marriage it's absolutely critical that you listen and but I think sometimes especially my kids are 8 and 5 am I really listening to them or am I really taking them seriously because if there's one thing I know that when I go to my grave the the thing I care about the most is being a dad. Right. And what did I do? What did I I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, it's it's what did I do for my kids? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. and so I, I I love it. I think that what you all are doing, and and helping people in in this regard, I think it's something that people just don't think about very much. Yeah. You know, and um, wow, that's 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 awesome. So, 
So you've given me kind of a, a snapshot of what a typical meeting. I was going to ask what are the goals and aspirations of the organization, but you all have already talked about how you're growing the organization. So, well, it's leadership. We're we're trying to teach people how to be good leaders, whether it's a good leader in your family, sure, your place of employment, in your community, in your church. There's so, we we all have to be leaders in some respect, in some regard. So that's what the skills and Toastmasters will give you. It's not a one and done. It's something that it'll probably take you a year to acquire the skills. And we're talking skills. We're talking the ability to listen first. And then what was just communicated to me? If I really understood what was being said, then I should be able to turn around and evaluate someone and say, like Lynn said, here are the great and wonderful things that you did, but here's some things that I feel like that you can improve on and be a little bit better at. We, we tried to build the confidence. Now, our, our meeting this morning, we had a word of the day, and it was glossophobia. glossophobia. All right? Glossophobia is the fear of public speaking. So there was a handout. John Barton, who is one of our members, who also works at Piedmont Tech, he introduced this word, and one of the examples is in the UK, next, next to death, if someone was asked to give a eulogy, they would rather be the person in the casket yeah. And the person given to you, you I have it. actually heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what we try to do is why what where's the fear? And what we have learned over a period of time is lack of preparation. We don't think about what it is that we want to say when we say it. So if we will take the time and a lot of time just three little points. What's the three little points that I want to make about Bob or Jane or, you know, if, if you were asked to give a eulogy of someone, what would be the three things that you would really like to say about that person? So, again, whether you're asked to bless a meal, whether you're asked to get up and, and speak on the fly. Now, we have in our, in our meetings, we have what they call table topics. Now, table topics is where... A, a question is given to you, and then the goal is to speak at least one minute on that question. Now, the fun is this. You can answer that question from your heart, the absolute truth, or you can make up the biggest story because it's about persuasion. And that's another thing that you learn in Toastmasters is the art of persuasion. Now, we're not talking manipulation. Manipulation is bad. Right. But persuasion is an art. And that's what we teach in Toastmasters is that art of persuasion along with confidence. It's unlimited whether you're in politics or real estate or a Sunday school teacher or a pastor. If you have that that art of persuasion and that confidence it, it's unlimited where what you can do and where you can go in life and really the the art of listening 
to gather the data or to gather the, the know-how that you need in order to parlay it into persuasion right. is probably a very important part of it as well. Yeah. So if, if, if your goal is 20 members, okay, let's say you hit that goal. Mm-hmm. What's the next goal or, or what, is there a max? Is this, is there something where you would say, because I was kind of thinking, would there be a maximum? Would there be too many? Toastmasters, because then you would have so many people in the room that it would be kind of hard to hone those skills. It seems like in the smaller setting that it would you would be more successful in that. Does well, that, a lot of people come into Toastmasters with with a certain goal in mind. Like we had a gentleman by the name of Mr. Joe Pitts. Well, Mr. Pitts is involved in Lions Club, and he is Doctor Pitts. So he was a he was a professor, but when he came into Toastmasters. He may have been able to conduct himself very well in a classroom, but when he came into Toastmasters, he really, really needed help. So after one year of being in Toastmasters, he was polished. Not only did he know what it was that he wanted to say, he could get up and say what it was that he wanted to say. There was a big difference. Plus the fact that he had the confidence, and and like Lynn had mentioned in the meeting this morning, when you stand up and you straight and you show that confidence, it comes from being in something like Toastmasters. Right. So um, I assume there are dues or, or, or something along those lines, because if you're a part of a, of a, a larger organization, I would assume that yeah. you all have a, have a fee to the there, home there's office. There's a one-time membership of $20. Okay. Our, our dues of $45 every six months. Our club charges 12, so it's actually $57 every six months. But I can tell you, and Lynn will, will back me up, it is the best dollar for dollar self-improvement that you'll ever be a part of because it's, it's so user-friendly that it's like kids playing in the backyard or kids playing in a classroom. They're learning and growing and having fun. And I've always said about Toastmasters, when it stops being fun, I'll move on to something else. But Clay, I, it was never my intention to be in Toastmasters for 20 years. Right. It just, it, it's just happened. And it's, and it's fun and it's enjoyable. And if you're in any form of sales, Toastmasters is something that can help you hone your skills on a daily basis. Uh, how often do you all meet? Go ahead. We meet every second and fourth Thursday, and if there's a fifth Thursday, we meet on that. And we do, we just have table topics on the fifth. Okay. Table topics is a lot of fun. You get asked a question suddenly, and you speak for one minute, at least one minute. It's just a lot of fun. Who comes up with the table topics? Is that is somebody the, assigned to that prior the to the meeting? Table topics master. There's a a person that is in charge of that meeting okay and they can do it multiple ways and it, and and i assume it could come from any corner it, it could be politics mm-hmm. or it could be pop culture well, we try could... to stay away from politics. <laughs> well Anything i think that's pretty wise <laughs> politics religion sexual anything that could rock the boat yeah yeah we just so we, we want to make it fun. We're there to grow. And 
and I've I sent twelve years, I and think. I sense there's a, a camaraderie amongst oh, yeah. the members and things like that. And if if a member like this, uh, like this person that you were talking about before, the professor that came through before, if he decides he's gotten what he needs yeah. out of Toastmasters, there's no hard feelings about leaving no, or anything no. like that because you feel like you've accomplished the goal that you set out to do. Everybody has a different why, and that's one thing we encourage. What is your why? When you get discouraged, and you will, when you get uncomfortable, and you will, that's when you grow, though. Hang on to your why. Because I know my first speech, I was extremely nervous. I was. I was. And there's some times that I wanted to, I was very discouraged because I didn't have time to prepare for a speech. I didn't have time to do this. And to, if I took the time, now I realize now everything is paid off. I'm, whatever you put into it is exactly what you're going to get out of it. Just like anything in life. Just like anything. <laughs> and Billy, he's my mentor, and he's been my mentor ever since I joined. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes Billy got on my nerves. But now I understand why. He pushed me. I didn't feel like being pushed at the time. Right. And most of the time people don't. But it, I appreciate the push because it helped me right uh, get through because there anytime you join something or a part of something there is a process it takes time to learn the process of everything and learn the structure of everything and we have structure we have certain manuals we used to have a tangible manual that you could hold now everything's gone digital sure so it is it was it is a little intimidating because now we have to learn a whole different process and it is a process and it's been a little discouraging in working through that. However, more we do it, okay, it's not as bad as I thought. Okay. This is going pretty good now. Well, I certainly appreciate you both giving me the opportunity to learn a little bit more about Toastmasters. I know I had heard rumblings before, but I never was quite sure as to what it was. And I think that you both have shed a lot of light. And I hope that um, it encourages some folks who are listening that, you know, this is there's an there's this kind of organization in Greenwood that helps folks um, that it, that it's to help people. Um, so how would uh, one get in touch with the Toastmasters of Greenwood? Um, it, do, do you all have a website or a yes. Facebook page or anything of that yeah, nature? There's a community calendar that comes out in the index journal, or you can go to greenwoodtoastmasters.com. That's correct. Or you can even go, you can just, you can just type in International Toastmasters, and it'll send you local club Greenwood, South Carolina. Yeah, okay. And they're, they're, you can either email or there should be a phone number in there that you can call. But I want to share this story with you. There was a professor at Lander College. His name was Sam Talbert. And he had a son, J.D. Talbert. Well, J.D. had a brain aneurysm, had a surgery. We're talking about a kid that was so involved in athletics. He was just a major in physics. He was just a brilliant kid. And he got knocked off his feet and got set back with the surgery. Well, his dad came to us. He said, do you feel like that you can do something for J.D.? Because he needs to go mainstream. Well, there's not so much that we can do at home, but we've got to get him back mainstream somehow, some way. And he, he 
Bennett Lander, he encouraged a lot of his students. He was a taught business at Lander, and he encouraged some of his, a lot of his students to get involved in Toastmasters. There was a lot of benefit there. So J.D. joined our group, and to, to have seen that young man when he started, and when we went, he went through a manual, it was called the uh, Competent Communicator. We don't use manuals, we do digital now, we go online and we print our speeches and all. But he came through the program, gave 10 speeches, and by the time he graduated, he had an opportunity to take a job in Columbia. But if you could have seen that young man where he started, Clay, and when he graduated, when I say graduated, he finished his 10th his speech. Okay. It, the transformation was unbelievable. It's like, well, I hadn't been to Greenwood in 25 years. I remember Greenwood being like this, but now I come back and it's like, wow. And that was the wow factor that we saw in this young man. He was so confident and he was so sure of himself that when he went out, I mean, I mean that kid is going to be a success in, in life. Yeah. But we felt like we gave him a chance. We gave him an opportunity to, to get his skill levels back and where his brain and, and all had a chance to, to kind of come together with his communication that we felt like we really helped this young man to, to further himself in, 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 his, in his career. So uh, as far as listeners are concerned, if, if you know anyone who, who would maybe need some help as far as communication is concerned, confidence, public speaking, um, or, you know, just communication in general. I think that Toastmasters sounds like you guys have given us a good sales pitch as far as Toastmasters is concerned. I know it's not a sales pitch. I, I know that you're, the, the organization, it, it sounds like you guys just want to help and, yes. and you want to help improve folks through, through a fine organization right here in our own backyard. And I appreciate the story that you shared. I do want to give both of you a quick opportunity to share how to get in touch with you as far as your personal business is concerned. So Billy, uh, if someone uh, wants to meet up with you for their real estate needs, how would they get in touch yeah, with we're you? We're located here on the, on the bypass, 72 bypass, what used to be the Pizza Inn. You'll miss it if you go if you're going too fast. But we're we're here, Berkshire Hathaway, Cambridge Realty. Uh, our office we have approximately 17 agents, and we cover the Greenwood, Lake Greenwood, Abbeville, Lawrence County, McCormick County area. So if it's real estate, whether it's 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 land or commercial, residential, working with buyers, we can help you. We also are interested in those people who want to who want to get into real estate. We just brought on three new agents within the past four months. So we're always looking for agents who want to have a career, not just to come into real estate, but have a career in real estate. Oh, great. Lynn, um, how can someone get in touch with you? We have a great appearance online. You okay. can Google Young's Concrete. I'm on Facebook. So our number's out there, but. My office is located at right down the road from Connie Maxwell on Highway 10, and just a little small office, but I stay out in the field. I have a wonderful office manager, but if anybody needs to get in touch with me, all they got to do is Google Young's Concrete. They'll get all the information they need. That's perfect. So last thing, real quickly, uh, so I end the podcast the same way every time, see if I can get you just a quick rapid-fire answer to the following two questions. Question number one, what does Greenwood do best? 
Greenwood, in my opinion, and I moved here from Columbia in 1960, Greenwood is so blessed that we have, we have always had the kind of leadership and Greenwood grows leaders. And I think that's where Toastmasters has come in and has been a perfect fit for all the other industries and, and, and businesses that are in Greenwood. But this is a, a very special town and you can only know that and understand it by living here. Right. Atlanta is a great place to visit. Columbia is a great, Green, Greenville. You couldn't pay me enough money to go to Greenville and live there. But I tell you, those are great places to visit. But Greenwood is what we call home. That's right. And from a small business standpoint, everybody supports the small business. It's so important. And that's important to me. I support small business, and it's very important. And that's one thing I could say Greenwood does well. So the tough question, um, what could Greenwood improve on? Well, we definitely do a lot of things right. Absolutely. What, what, you know, that's a very tough question because we do a lot of things good. We do a lot of things right. You know, it's been a big challenge for, for, you know, the school and businesses with COVID but we have, we have found ways to overcome that and, and just as a community to come together and support one another. There's a lot of wonderful organizations. Now, I'm also part of an organization called Sertoma, which is service to mankind. If you ever see us across from Verizon on the 72 bypass, we sell the Christmas trees every year. Oh, yeah. And the money that we take in for that, we give 100% back to nonprofit organizations in Greenwood. And that's what Greenwood is about. Greenwood is about, about supporting Greenwood. Uh, that's a great answer. I'm going to come in from a different angle. I would like to see Greenwood improve on helping the young generation coming up. And then let me give you an example. Big Hoot. He spends a lot of time with a lot of young kids. He has a little gym over there, but he needs help financially. Right. I would like businessmen to help support. Find somebody that is investing in the next generation. Help support them financially and your time. Yeah. I know they just have a uh, boys and girls um, the place, the old Brewer School. Right, the Boys and Girls Club. Thank you. Yep. Get involved in that. And I was just talking to a gentleman last week. They need volunteers. Mm-hmm. They need men, especially men. To me, the man has a better present, or a, a good present, should I say, with other men. And we all know this, that some homes lack fathers. So we can have that father figure more in Greenwood. I know I came from a broken home, but there have been men in my life that served as fathers. So we need more father figures. That's that's where Greenwood can empower our younger people by getting involved in some organization. Small Local is very powerful. 
and it can always help take us to the next level. Yeah. Yes. Clay, one other thing. Greenwood is such a beautiful town, but it breaks my heart. I know it breaks your heart when you drive down the road and you see where people that live in this town decides it's more convenient to throw a bag of trash out from one of the local restaurants than it is to keep it in their car until they go home and then put it in their, in their trash can. But instead, they think it's okay to take that bag of trash. They don't want to trash up that car, but they think it's okay to trash the side of the road in Greenwood. So that is a focus that we all, as citizens of Greenwood, really need to take pride in and, you know, adopt a quarter of a mile. You know, get a bucket, get a bag, get a picker-upper, and just say, you know, from here to here, I'm going to adopt this part of the highway or road. We did a trash pickup for about 12 to 14 years from Jerry's Produce all the way up to Marshall Road and then up where the old South Side School used to be. Sure. It was one mile, and we did that four times a year. We made a difference. Yeah. We really made a difference. But what, what breaks my heart is when I go down the road and I see, because I want people to come to Greenwood. I, I love this town. I want to showcase this town. But the people that live here need to take ownership of their own trash, their own litter. You know, there's places, there's a, there's a place to put trash, but it's definitely not on the side of the road. And that's something I feel like that we can definitely improve in the Greenwood area. Yeah, and, and litter, you're right. Uh, litter is something that, I don't breaks my heart is a pretty good term for it. it and it really is a South Carolina problem. Sure, and, yeah. And that, that's, that's what. And that was one of the first things when Lou Holtz came to South Carolina. I mean, immediately, he said, you I got remember a great that. state. I remember but my that. My goodness, it there is trash and litter everywhere. Yeah. And I do think that probably since Coach Holtz came to Carolina in '98 or '99, I can't remember exactly what year, but I, I'm I think we've made strides. And I'm glad that Greenwood, um, you know, has has carved out a position mm-hmm. um, to to try and tackle this issue. Um, but anyway, with that said, I want to say thank you to Billy. I want to say thank you to Lynn. I appreciate you both joining me on the podcast today. I want to remind our listeners that our podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Google, Spotify, uh, any of the other services. I can't remember any right off the top of my head. But with that said, we appreciate you listening and have a good one, Greenwood. Thank you again for joining us on Greenwood on Deck. Please make sure to look up our Facebook page, Greenwood On Deck Podcast, and we will talk to you next time, Greenwood.